Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs, hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc., featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the local phone lines right away. If you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588 to join in our discussion today. Again, that number is 702-650-5588. If you have a praise report or prayer request, a general comment, question, we'd love to hear from you. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we have a toll-free number for you, and that number would be 800-366-8883. I say again, if you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, please dial 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live, audio, and video from KKVV's website, and that website is www dot kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being live streamed from Save the Lost at All Costs website and our website is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, I encourage you to visit our website. Again, the address is www.savethelostlv.org. Just select the date you'd like to listen or any dates that you'd like to listen as the Spirit leads you. The gospel is always free on our watch. It's no charge to listen. And we encourage you to encourage others to listen with you. Uh, in addition to that, if you have an Apple device, we are being archived for free as well on iTunes. So I pray in the name of Jesus that um, you get blessed and stay blessed. And again, know that the gospel is free on our watch. If you have a cell phone, and most of you do, I encourage you to lock in this phone number. This is how you can listen to KKVV via your cell phone. That number would be 563-999-3194. You can listen to us right now over your cell phone. Again, that number is 563 563- Triple nine We're going to get right to it, and today we'll be talking about the little flock. So, I am going to take us to Luke chapter 12. As the Holy Spirit took me earlier, I want to share with you what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. So, in order to uh, set this up, we are going to read... The first 34 verses of Luke chapter 12. And you'll see Jesus is speaking. It's very straightforward here. Uh, He speaks to the multitudes. He speaks to his individual disciples. Um, You'll be able to see how the change happens. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you are touched tremendously. Many of you are very familiar with these scriptures. But again, every day, 
the Lord is revealing things to us. So please open up your hearts and minds and get blessed. Our topic for the day is the little flock. And you're going to hear Jesus speak a lot about hypocrisy. And there's a lot of hypocrisy always evident uh, in our natural realm. But it was very apparent uh, to those who were doing the work of God, or, or so they thought they were doing the work of God. And it's very important that we get the hypocrisy out of our own heart, because the Lord knows our heart. And that's where your defilement comes in, is what's in your heart, not so much what comes out of your mouth. So uh, it has a root, and the root is taking hold in our heart. And that's what we have to do. We have to have a clean heart. And we have to, you know, address things in our own lives because it's going to come back again and again and again. And you will continue to learn the lesson in life until you get it right. And we don't have a lot of time because we do not know the time or the hour that the Lord Jesus Christ is calling us home. Every man has their appointed time. So you want to make excellent use of your time. You do not want to waste your time because you don't control time. However, you do control the decisions that you make. And that's where accountability comes in. And you can always pray to the Father for help. Always. He's always there to help us. But he needs us to trust him and be honest and be transparent. Because that's the only way that you're going to get healed. Amen. So we do have a caller. But I'd like you to open up your Bibles. Again, we will be looking at Luke 12. And we're going to read the first 34 verses. And again, our topic for today is the little flock. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you too, Sister Nina. I just have a praise report. Amen. Yes, first of all, praise God that he made you or allowed you to come back safely and, and take you to and from safely and just to hear your voice again live. <laughs> uh, praise him for that. And the one one of my good sisters, um, she just called me a few minutes ago. They just turned 92 and oh, she's well, just giving God. praise. Yeah, Wonderful. and she was in the hospital and y'all brought her out and Amen. he's just blessing her. I, I praise God for that. Amen. And I just hope I have the energy she has at, uh, at 92, y'all whip. I should live at home. <laughs> I, I receive it. I want that too. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So you enjoy the rest of your program and keep up the good work and keep looking up because our Messiah is coming. I receive that. And be sure and give our lovely sister and, you know, grand wise woman our godly best and tell her, you know, many, many blessings and thank her for her service. Yes, ma'am. I, I will do just that. Thank you so very much. And kiss yourself and Mother Ann for us too. Amen. All righty. Bless you. Thank you so very much. Don't forget Nan. All right. I'll, I'll kiss her when I get home. Amen. I love you too, sis. Take All care. Right. Love you All more. Right. Okay, bye-bye. All right. What a wonderful praise report. That's Motivation Saints. 92 years of life. Praise God. And still going strong. Amen. So we are looking at Luke chapter 12. Again, our topic for today is the little flock. So the first verse says this. And I'm in the New King James Version. And the Word of God, again, says this. Verse 1, in the meantime, when a innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Verse 2, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will 
not be known. Verse 3, Therefore whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear and inter rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. For, and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. Five, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Six, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God? Verse seven, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. 8. Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man also will confess before the angels of God. 9. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. 10. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. 11. Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. 12. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. 13. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. 14. But he said to him, Man who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you. 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. 16. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. 17. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? 18. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. 19. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. 20. But God said to him, Fool! This night your soul will be required of you. Then those who, then whose, let me repeat that, 20. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? 21. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God? 22. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. 23. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. 
24. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? 25. And which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? 26. If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? 27. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 28. If then God so clothed the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? 29. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have anxious mind. 30. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. 31. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 33. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moths destroy. 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Alright, so we just looked at Luke chapter 12, and we looked at verses 1 through 34. So now we're going to start looking at this a little bit more deeper. Now we can tell by the accounts that are given in the Synoptic Gospels that there were multitudes that followed Jesus. And they professed their their love for him. And it's a good possibility they loved the things that he was doing, the miracle signs and wonders. Uh, because when he came around, he made sure that everybody was healed. Uh, in addition to that, there were people that were being fed. You know, they didn't lack for anything in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And many of them had not made uh, the commitment. They were just there to see what was being done and to possibly uh, get a blessing or two because they had heard so much about what he did. And then you also have to understand he sent out about some say 70, some say 72, and he sent them out two by two to pave the way to all the places that he was going. And, you know, they went out and, you know, prepared the ground and the people to receive what he was going to do. And then you have to understand there's also 12 disciples. So Jesus was very aware of what people were in need of and how spiritually hungry and thirsty they were. And he also understood the Pharisees and how hypocritical they were and how greedy they were for power and control and wanting to receive uh, accolades from men. And to oppress those that uh, challenged them. And a lot of times they oppressed those who were 
speaking, you know, the gospel. Because they didn't have any need for that. Now, they wanted to follow what they wanted to follow. And um, <laughs> they were about themselves. You know, hypocrisy is self-serving. You know, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, Jesus makes it very plain, you know, because when he's speaking directly to his disciples, you know, he, he uh, acknowledges them. He said to my disciples, and he wants to make sure that they get it because, you know, at the time that he was ready to ascend back into heaven, you know, his rightful place where he always existed as the son, it's probably about 120 people following him. I mean, that were his true disciples. Amen. So here you have multitudes and multitudes and multitudes. And here he says in verse 32, do not fear little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So why would he use that word little? Because he did not want to discourage them. Because many were saying that they followed. Many said that they believed, but they didn't believe in their heart. Because they were too covenantless. They couldn't let things go. They couldn't stop worrying. And worrying does not help one bit. It says right here in the scriptures, in verse 25, when we were looking at Luke 12, and which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? Then let's look at verse 26. If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? You cannot add anything to yourself. Cubic is a form of a measurement. So, you know, let's look at it in the context of an inch. You cannot add an inch to yourself by worrying. And that would be the least. So if it doesn't help you in the least, how is it going to help you in the most? It's not. More worry is going to produce, you know, a bigger benefit, a bigger calm. No, it just produces more anxiousness. And anxiousness is not rooted in trust. It is not rooted in faith at all. It's rooted in what you perceive and believe that it is. And that's in your mind. And when you trust God, you trust that he is righteous. You trust that he is kind. That he is merciful. That he knows your needs. And that he will supply your needs. You know, it's important that we are focusing on the things of the kingdom. And he gives it to you right here. And 33, it says, sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches nor moths destroy. 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Some people, money and things get them in a whole lot of trouble. Because they're constantly amassing it. Now, they'll have no problem tithing or making a donation in the church. But totally shut off to people in their own nuclear family and surrounding. Because they don't want them to have something. And we see here, when we see a person shouting out from the crowd in verse 13, it says, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. 14, But he said to him, Man who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you. 15, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Now that's a lesson for the brother who has to give the inheritance and the brother who's looking to receive the inheritance. Because if we are trusting God, then we can go over to verse 32 and know that that's for us. Because it says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom has nothing to do with the world. So it's his good pleasure that that's eternal, that that's everlasting, that that's without ending. That with is beautiful and bountiful and heaven and standing in the mere presence and has nothing to do with food and amassing treasures and clothes and cars and titles. That is not anything that has any significance in the kingdom. Our Father in heaven is not materialistic whatsoever. Matter of fact, he encourages those who have even a wee bit of covetousness in them that could destroy them. You need to get rid of it. Give it away. Give a donation. An alms is a, is a form of a donation. It's for those who are in need. Make sure that they have. So if you have a drawer and it's stuffed to the max or you have a closet that's so stuffed, what is it that you're going to put in it? What do you want to go into it? Should stuff start going on the floor? Should stuff start staying in bags? You're riding around in your trunk? What, what, what do you want? Your drawer is so full, you can't even close it. What possibly can go in that drawer? But I tell you what, if you look in that closet and look at it with the eyes to be able to bless someone who needs something, as God puts them on your heart, or to go out and to help those organizations who do that, who's their mission to make sure that people are fed and clothed and have the things that they need, God can fill up an empty closet. 
He can fill up an empty drawer. But what is it that you want him to put in that drawer when you can't even close it? What do you want him to put in that closet when you don't even wear those things are in there and some of you have tags on them and don't even know that they're there? And you keep buying the same thing over and over again because you don't even realize you have so much of it. You have so much of it that you're buying what you already have. Hypocrisy is something we really have to look at as men and women of God. Especially those who desire a position of leadership. Do you desire a position of leadership to elevate yourself? Or you desire a position of leadership to help others? See, the dilemma of leadership is that a leader is responsible for everything his people do and or fail to do. That's the dilemma of leadership. It's not about being self-serving because a leader can't be a leader unless he's leading someone or she's leading someone. And how are you leading them? Because your people are observing you and how you act and how you operate, trust and believe they're taking notes. So if it's all about oppressing people, threatening people, terrorizing people, constantly berating people, never encouraging, never teaching, always accusing, always threatening, And what type of environment do you think you're creating? You won't be the leader always. You have a time to lead. And what are you leaving behind? What is the legacy that you're leaving? It's important. Because it says in verse 34, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's up to you. But Jesus is reassuring his disciples. Don't have worldly concerns. That is not where your focus should be. Because your Father in Heaven knows your needs. The Father knows that you need shelter. The Father knows that you need to eat. The Father knows that you must have something to wear. The Father knows that you have to have health in your body. These men and women who answered the call They walked everywhere. They got on a boat occasionally. But the majority of their ministry was done on foot. 
and they went boldly before the leaders, the judges, the magistrates, because they knew that the Holy Spirit will endue them and that what they needed to say, the Holy Spirit would give it to them. It was faith. And they understood the importance of obedience. And if they truly believed that God was their father, then what son or daughter doesn't want to please their earthly father, let alone their heavenly father? They understood that. Obedience was an action. It was just not a conversation. It had deeds associated with it. There had to be a demonstration of obedience. Jesus did not ask them to do anything that he was not already doing himself. Jesus never concerned himself with money and amassing things. He was never concerned with building more and more buildings. He was concerned about people's faith being built. That they understood that the kingdom that he represented was nothing like the worldly kingdom. And that there was a distinct difference. A sheep's nature is to follow. He says he's the good shepherd. And that he would lay down his life for his sheep. That's not what politicians do. That's not what hypocrites do. That's not what false teachers do. It's all about control. And they don't have a problem with lying. They don't have a problem with being deceitful. They don't have a problem with taking something from someone. By force. They don't have a problem ruling ruling by terror. And they definitely need a lot of division. And a lot of separation. They're not interested in people. Following. The most high God. They want several gods. Because it's based on. Self. 
So if you're a person who likes a lot of things and covetous by nature, then you definitely don't want to hear anybody telling you to sell all your things. And the reason why Jesus said that is so that they could have a life in the kingdom. What possibly could you offer God as far as things and possessions? He's the source of all our blessings. He's interested in your heart. Because you can't take anything with you to heaven. See, this right here is about your soul. And we have to be very careful that we don't want something so bad. Especially belonging to someone else. That we're willing to lose our soul. Men and women of God. You have been walking with yourself for a period of time now. And in your heart of hearts. You know the things that motivate you. And you know the things that get you in trouble. You know the things that produce a godly response. And you know the things that produce an ungodly response. And you have to ask yourself, what is it that I believe that God is not going to do for me? And just because you want something doesn't mean that you need it. See, God in his word talks about our needs. He doesn't talk about our wants. Our wants and our needs are two different things. We need air. You can't be a human being and not have oxygen. That is definitely a need. Now, a particular type of car... That would be a want. There are some people who do very fine without vehicles. But if you find yourself with a vehicle. And you are personifying that vehicle. As if that vehicle is an extension of you. And you find yourself. Buying into the brand. Talking about the cost. To the point where you're bragging. And you're known by. The type of vehicle you drive. Then you ought to reevaluate your relationship with that vehicle. Because what a car is supposed to do. Is when you have an accident. It's supposed to save your life. And a lot of cars will be wrecked. And some of them will be deemed a total loss. 
And if you walk away from the accident, then the car did what it's supposed to do. And to God be the glory. We should not be personifying vehicles. To measure our worth. Or someone's lack of worth. A vehicle is not a measure of a man or a woman. Especially if you won't let anybody ride in it. Let's go back to. Verse 29 and verse 30. And Jesus is speaking. And verse 29 in Luke 12 says this. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Let's look at this. There's a lot of things we're not supposed to do. It says, do not seek what you should eat. Number one. Or what you should drink. Seek searching. Being totally focused on that. Where you're spending a considerable amount of time. Away from the word of God. And the things of God. Concentrate solely on what you're going to eat or drink. If you obsess with it. You know there's a thing called fasting and praying. You know I've I've fasted so I know it works. And many, many of you who are listening to me speak at this particular time have fasted as well. Sometimes, when we are sick in our bodies, we don't desire any food or any drink. We are trying to focus on eradicating the sickness that has befalled us. Or trying to get more rest. So, it shouldn't be an obsession. It says, nor have an anxious mind. It's amazing that in that sentence, it talks about Food, drink, and having an anxious mind. You know, people can really get anxious about what they're eating or drinking. It's amazing when you look at it all together like that. And it says 30. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things. 
It says all the nations of the world. When you're a part of the kingdom, that is not your concern. See, the Father is going to take care of you. And the kingdom principles that God has teached us, excuse me, taught us, and provides for us, where we can definitely see it in the natural It's letting us know the kingdom is available to you now. And it's his good pleasure that you have it. So what's stopping us as men and women of God, as being believers, from understanding and being clear That God's word is true concerning these things. Anything God says that he's going to do, it's done. So if things are causing you to have great anxiety... then you ought to do some self-reflection. And how important is that thing? Well, Jesus knew that money would be a great obstacle for many people. That the majority of his sermons and teachings had to do with money and hell. Why those two things? Because your improper relationship with one can cause your total separation from God. Because your kingdom would be of a worldly nature. And you wouldn't be able to appreciate or receive that of a supernatural nature. That's why we need to understand when he talks about do not fear, little flock. God has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity. We do not have the spirit of worry. That is not what he has given us. Faith in God will not cause you to worry. It will alleviate you of worry. Because you have to ask yourself, how can I praise God? And worry about things. How can I trust God. And worry about things. How can I believe God is who he says he is. If I'm constantly 
worried about things. You cannot live your life abundantly if you're always worried about things. I can only speak for myself, but I have found when I have been generous and given things to those that are in need, my cup is never empty. I never would ever use the word lack to describe my life. Less has been more for me because I've been able to concentrate more on the things of God. And I trust God to bring the increase in my life, whatever that is that I need. He knows everything I need. I don't even know everything that I need. He knows my life, everything from the beginning to the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. It begins with him and it ends with him. So I trust him. And it's a deliberate trust. It's a trust that I work at every day. Because I ask myself, are you going to believe God for everything or for nothing? And I will challenge myself on that. Because it's going to decide what type of believer I am. Because if I'm lukewarm on this, then I I do a disservice to myself, to those that I want to help, that I want to serve, and to the kingdom itself. Because Jesus tells me in the book of Revelation that he has no need for a lukewarm Christian. Matter of fact, he, he spits them out. They're like vomit in his mouth. I don't want to be like vomit in my Lord and Savior's mouth. Not at all. It's my choice if I'm going to believe to the degree that I believe. And if there's something that's distracting me from getting me where I need to be in my faith and in my service, then it has to go. I don't want it. I don't want something so bad that it's going to cause me separation. It's going to cause me to be distracted. It's going to cause me anxiety. I don't want that. I want to be confident. As Jesus is speaking in verse 32 of Luke 12 says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I believe that. So I don't get caught up in numbers. The church that I spend a lot of time with. And you guys have heard Pastor Terry on the radio. And you know he recently came back and visited with us. That was a small church. Very small church. And you know what? We love that church. Pastor Terry spent a lot of time teaching us. He spent a lot of time walking with us individually. 
and making sure that we knew his family and that we all had our own individual relationships. May it be his children, his grandchildren, his lovely wife, Desiree. He made himself available, not just as a teacher, but as a friend, as a man. He was transparent. If you needed something or wanted something, he would be there for you. He led, you know, my father and my stepfather to Christ. And God rest both their souls. And I thank Pastor Terry for that. He eulogized my stepfather. He spoke at my father's uh, celebration of life. I appreciate that. He knows my family members' birthdays. He stood with us on good days, on our worst days. And whatever he had, he would freely give it. And I appreciate that about you, Pastor Terry, and I love you. And I'm very grateful to you and your family. And that's what he taught us is that, you know, kingdom is family. And your DNA family may not be all the way there yet, but that's not a reason not to keep ministering to them and encouraging them. And exhorting to them. And letting them see the transformation in your life. Because salvation is real. And it's truly a gift. That we wouldn't want anybody to be without. We wouldn't even want our worst enemy to be without it. Because on the day of judgment. It'll be not like anything that we have ever imagined. It will be so much worse than that. We read about it in the Bible. We get a glimpse of it. But it's not going to be anything that we really could imagine. It would be your worst fears times infinity and beyond. That's how it's going to be to be separated from God eternally. It's important that you do not allow things To weigh you down. And to bog you down. It's important. That we get. This into our. Fiber. To every molecule. And cell that we have in our body. We need to. Get this. We are a part of a. Royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. 
It says, the Father's good pleasure to give the kingdom. There's nothing more pleasing to God but to give his kingdom to his children. We are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to get excited about this. You ought to be so reassured. There was a lot of activity this weekend. What amassing this and amassing this and getting this and getting that. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Be giving of your time, of your resources, of your wisdom, of your testimony, and watch God give you more of a testimony, more wisdom, more resources, so that you can continue to spread them and to reach those who are in need. Your cup will runneth over. You will not have any type of lack in your life. Hypocrisy is a religion based on self. It has nothing to do with God. Because if you could save yourself, you would have already done it. You need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And it's my humble prayer that you will look at Luke 12 again. And there are more verses. It's a powerhouse of teaching. Of exhortation. Of kingdom and covenant promises. And our Lord Jesus Christ is a promise keeper. Little flock. I hope you listened today. I hope you heard the word of God speak to you in the places that you needed to be speaking to. I hope you receive this living water and that you're encouraged that less is more. Your treasure is in your heart and may your treasure be for the kingdom of God. We love you and God bless. Save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live called 